Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Came across a story uh, this week of a group of people who took a four-week uh, boat trip, a raft trip down the Colorado River below the Grand Canyon. During those four weeks, they were in the depths of the canyon and so had no contact with the outside world. As they were getting ready to go, they joked about the zombie apocalypse of the world changing once they returned, but they thought nothing of it. As they traveled, uh, their guide would now and then be able to send a text message back uh, to home base to let the world know that they were fine, but they never could hear uh, in the opposite direction. They finished their trip on March 15th last week. And what they thought not possible had happened. The world they left on February 15th had been profoundly changed. That has been our experience as well. We are now seeing things that we never imagined that we would see. We see freeways empty of cars. We see restaurants, movie theaters, bars, arenas empty of people. We see the NCAA brackets empty of teens. A month ago, the pandemic was across the ocean. It was someplace else. We saw the gathering storm clouds, but we never imagined what that could mean for us. Some have said this experience is like the apocalypse, like some movie script, but only now in real time. Actually, that word apocalypse is descriptive of our moment because what the word means is to uncover what is hidden, to make plain what was secret. And so what has been uncovered to our eyes? What do we see now that we had taken for granted or not seen before? For one, we see how fragile life is. How tenuous our economic and social condition can be, how dependent we are on one another. We see that no one is an island, no one can simply be an individual, for we are deeply bound into a web of human interconnection and dependency. As one writer noted, one person's spending is another person's source of income and now we are discovering what happens when you turn off the spigot of commerce. We also learn that one person's actions can have far-reaching consequences for their community and for a whole country and beyond. And so we are learning the practices of social distancing and of washing our hands, not just simply for our own health and well-being, but for the sake of the whole community. We are seeing things that we never saw before, the truth of things that were hidden to us. The gospel story today is about seeing and not seeing, about blindness being restored. The story begins simply enough. It says, as Jesus walked along, he saw a man born blind. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The disciples see the same thing that Jesus sees, but in a way, they do not see the man at all. All they see is a condition, his begging, his blindness, his need. 
And then they go into questions of speculation as to who is at fault for this. Why is this happening? And the amazing thing is they're having this conversation in the presence of the man, treating him as an object of their discussion. We might not ask the same kinds of questions today, but we perhaps ask them in a different way, not blaming the man or his parents, but blaming God instead. Why is this happening, God? Why have you made it so? Jesus sees the world, but he sees it differently. He doesn't get into a speculation of cause or blame, but rather what he sees is that God's preeminent concern is to show mercy to show mercy to the man, to restore well-being and sight. It is an irony of the story that as the man gains sight, everyone else seems to lose their sight. Well, they still have physical sight, but it's like they don't see in their seeing. They look at the man and they wonder, is that the same person or is it somebody just pretending to be him? Who are you? What happened? This man had been their neighbor, their family member, but it is like he is a stranger in his hometown. In part, we realize that the neighbors and even the family cannot imagine that God could restore and do a new thing in this world. But then perhaps what we learn is that they never saw the man to begin with. They only saw his condition. They never saw him as a human being. They only saw his disability his blindness. When the man returns, he is restored and he becomes a stranger to them. And perhaps this story offers a word of caution for us as well. To remember to see one another as human beings, as children of God in this time of pandemic and economic turmoil. To resist defining another person by some shortcoming or difference of being employed or not, of country of origin or having a virus or not. In the early years of the Christian church, the plague would swept, sweep across the Roman Empire. And what set Christians apart was their willingness to care for others in a time of danger, to be compassionate for the person. Perhaps that is our calling today, to see one another, to see all people on earth as children of God, especially in this time where it could be easy to turn away, to turn inward, to blame, to distance ourselves in so many other ways than just physical. Now, to do that, I don't mean that we should somehow uh, break good practice and uh, break through practices of public health, uh, social distancing, and so forth. But what I do mean is that we need to seek ways of being the body of Christ in this time, to treat one another as Jesus would treat us to be creative in extending love across distance. The story is about physical sight, that is seen more clearly our world and ourselves, but the story is also about spiritual sight, about what it means to see the face of God at this time. There is irony in this story, because the leaders of the synagogue, those who were supposed to be able to see, were blind to God's creative act in Jesus. The leaders take exception to Jesus turning uh, dirt into mud on the Sabbath in order to heal. And we might be quick to judge them as well. But before we do, perhaps we should pause and remember this. That when the Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt, 
The sign of their impression was that they were forced to make mud bricks with no rest. And now that sign of oppression, mud and no Sabbath, becomes the sign of restoration, the means by which Jesus restores and makes whole a man who had been blind and was a beggar. So perhaps this story is for us as well. And to remember that there is a call to spiritual humility, that we need to be humble in order to see more clearly with the eyes of faith, to have be humble about ourselves and our certainties and to be open to the surprising ways in which God is working in this world even now. We began worship with a time of confession and I invite you the next time that you do a confession or maybe after the service is done and you go back to the beginning, listen again to the words because in that confession what we do is we confess the ways in which we see and also the ways in which we do not see. We confess the ways we see in terms of what we do and how we act, but we also acknowledge the ways that we are blind, blind to our own actions or our own inactions. The ways what we do not see what it means to love as God would love the creation, to love those on the margins, to love those who are vulnerable and different. We all have blinders. And so we confess that we might gain a sense of humility that might open us to see the ways of God with fresh eyes. We have been talking about seeing, but I think we need to remember this, that before the man sees, the man hears. He hears Jesus spitting and turning dirt into mud for a compress for his eyes. He hears the voice of Jesus telling him to go and wash and then later on, when Jesus finds him again, the man will hear Jesus calling him to faith. And isn't that how it works? We hear our way into seeing. Hearing and seeing work together. We hear the word of God's forgiveness, and then we see our life in a new way. We hear the word of divine encouragement, and then we see the possibilities of God in a new way. Last week, we met as staff, and the question was asked, now in this time, what is a word of encouragement that you would say for yourself and maybe share with a friend, a promise from Scripture, a vision of God? What would be of encouragement for you? One person uh, commented that, you know, I'm encouraged, encouraged because, because if God was with Jesus on the cross, then God is with me wherever I am and whatever I'm going to, and I know he'll, he'll never let me go. Another person quoted Romans 8.28, that in all things God works together for good for those who love him. That is, God has the capacity to work with whatever material we offer God and to work restoration. That nothing is out of God's competency, capacity, to restore and heal. And just like the story today, it is not that God caused the blindness, but that God can take whatever we give him, even a pandemic, and God can work restoration. And so what we do in worship, what we are doing in this time together, is that we are hearing our ways into a restored sight of God, a restored vision to see God with the eyes of faith. We hear the promise of God so that we might see the face of God. And like the man in the story,
Jesus finds us and he calls us. And hearing Jesus, the eyes of faith are opened. And we see our night life in new ways. We see the possibilities of God's mercy in new ways. We see God's concern to serve the neighbor. We see the face of God in Jesus and we worship. Hearing and sight, they always work together. Earlier in our time today, we heard the cadence of God's promise in Psalm 23. And hearing, we see. We hear the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And our sight is restored to see that God provides. Friends, we are living in a moment of anxious seeing. It doesn't take much imagination to be captured by the troubles of this time. We see the wants and the needs, and they are very real. But we also see a spiritual hunger that only God can provide. The promise of God is so sure. The psalmist will go on to say, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. And hearing this, our sight is restored. Restored to see the possibilities of God's protection and to provide in ways that are deeper beyond our first imagining. And then we hear the promise, you make me lie down in green pastures, you lead me beside still waters. And in hearing, our sight is restored. And we see the abundance of God. We see that how Scripture never talks about the minimums of good but that how God always seeks to provide abundance for us, to restore life. The promise of God is so sure that even when we are surrounded by enemies, even by a pandemic, our sight is restored so that we might see that God prepares a table for us, that the ark of God's care fills our cup. And then we hear the promise that God restores you restore my soul, O God. You lead me in right paths for your name's sake. Soul work happens when we hear the promise of God and we see God's restoring work. The promise of God is so sure that we see what the promise says. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. With that, we see that this present moment can be restored. We see the gracious work of God in our lives. We see, we hear, we are restored. And now may God's grace and mercy be with you this week and grant you new sight to see the face of God. Amen.